right here, right now. Welcome to the podcast with your hosts, Katie and Moni. Get ready to share a laugh and be amused. It's time to tell our stories right here, right now. Hi, Katie. Hey, Monica. How's it going? It's going super great. How about you? Oh, I am doing great on this cloudy, kind of randomly rainy day. Drizzly, I'd say. Yeah, 90 degree, nearly 100 degree weekend. Mm -hmm. And now today it's like cool 70s. What is going on? We do love to talk about the weather. It's... (laughs) You know, it's relatable. We witnessed an entire storm brewing and rolling in the other night. Amazing lightning. Actually, you know, (laughs) our friend Danny was there. And we all three just stood around in amazement at this storm. And Danny happens to still be hanging around at your house, right? Yeah, he's here. He's actually... Surprise! Oh, he's in the room. Look, there he is. Hi, everybody. (laughs) This is our friend Danny. Hey, Danny. (laughs) That's totally not the way they said they were going to introduce me, but hey, let's go with this now. Yeah, I think it worked. Yeah, we're being creative. Well, thanks for not being afraid to talk about the weather. Silly stigma we've put on it. I love talking about the weather. Thank you for having Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the storm the other night? The fact that we could just watch an entire lightning storm and the rain wasn't on us. might have been raining everywhere else, but we could just stand outside and not getting rained on and watch the lightning in every single direction. It we was amazing. We were seemingly in the eye of the storm. It was like yeah. lightning and mm-hmm. huge rumbles of thunder. And and lightning across the sky. So beautiful. I think it took us a while to realize that we weren't getting down. Like There wasn't a downpour. It was kind of a gentle... I don't know. Sprinkle. They were like big fat drops, but kind of sporadic. I never felt soaked. And then I realized that I no longer, or that normally during that storm zone, you're, the rain is so loud, you can't really hear the distinct like clap of thunder. But I felt like it was the noise was just so much different. I don't know. I agree. It was magical. And we're glad we got to share it with our friend here, Danny, and that glad you're still here, with you and be still here, with here you now. And be on the podcast. Thank you so much. Wow. So, Danny, I know you came here to quote unquote get your mind right. Before what? Before an epic like preparing for a journey in my van called Vanaconda. It's got its own hashtag, by the way. Hashtag Vanaconda. Yes, please follow on. I don't have an Instagram for hashtag Vanaconda. Well, they can still follow the hashtag. hashtag. You can follow it. Yay! I'm gonna go to Colorado and hike a bunch of fourteeners, drink beer, see the sights, and hopefully uh, paddleboard on some lakes and rivers and stuff. It's gonna be beautiful. It is gonna be beautiful. Enjoying nature. And you had to do quite a bit of uh, legwork in order to get to this point, I'd say. It took a lot of work to get a a 1991 Dodge Ram van into Vanaconda, as we now call it. Um, That was a big project. I learned the the true meaning and background of blood, sweat, and tears and what it (laughs) takes to create something. Is blood, sweat, and tears an idiom? I actually looked into it a little bit. It's kind of just a saying. Winston (laughs) Churchill mentioned it in his speech to the British leading up to World War II. Oh, okay. Um, Says Wikipedia. That's about all the idiomism I found Mm -hmm, on that mm -hmm. one. Not a lot of background. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to pinpoint, like, in our research, what exactly so many of the things that we've thought of in the last week, just in our normal everyday speech that we just happen to drop these words, what makes certain things idioms and other things like 
when pigs fly, I guess, is that an idiom? Or is that just like, it's such a crazy idea? I I don't know. That's just Monica's shirt today, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Pigs are flying. Well, the other night we were talking about another common saying, which is, um, sleep like a baby. Yeah. And I told Danny that I hoped he sleeps like a baby. And he started, uh... Had to throw in a few (laughs) hollers and cries before they got to go to sleep just to prove the point that you don't want me sleeping like a baby in your house. You want me sleeping like a 30-year-old drunk. What's around me? I'm confused. (laughs) I think I need to poop? (laughs) Question mark? I'm hungry. And I was like, wait. Why do we say, I guess babies, when they are really asleep, they sleep really hard, but yeah. To defend I myself, know. I only did this because of our discussions of idioms. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Idioms. It was fun. Yeah. We've been talking about them still because they're so interesting. Did and you find more info? Yeah. Um, I looked into, you know, idiom. You can't say it without wanting to almost say idiot. Ugh. And so I looked into the root word idiot. What'd idio. you call me? <laughs> Uh, I just said that you have a lot of idiosyncrasies. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, it's not that you're, you know, lacking intelligence. You're just awfully peculiar. Awfully peculiar. Fabulously peculiar. Thank you. That's better. Uh, idio means personal, own, distinct, or peculiar, depending on the context, uh, what word, you know, what root of the word it is. Um, so, of course, with those particularly peculiar words... Mm-hmm. It makes me think of creativity. Yep. Creativity. In order to have your own distinct personal mark on something, you kind of, you, you're you probably being creative. And thinking outside of the box and following a life path that maybe isn't 100% similar to everyone else's, which is exactly what our buddy Danny here is doing with his van life. Segway. You're quite peculiar. And a little bit of an idiot. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I like this. I'd say you're creative. I was thinking you were more just distinct with those brilliant blue eyes. Oh, well, thank you. Your uh, fabulous eye... haircut. Oh, thanks. The new haircut seems to be a kick. Thanks so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry you guys can't see it, but audio. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. So I wanted to know particularly, I know you had kind of mentioned people's reactions to your van life have been interesting. Ah, yes. Some people don't understand why a six foot five person wants to live in a van that you can't stand up in, but... Why would they feel that way? That's so unusual. It's a small space, but I've made it it my own, and I can stand up outside and around my van all I need to. And typically, the van is basically a hard-walled tent that I can just take with me and just camp a little easier and a little more mobile. And uh, in the process, I've decided to not live in a house at the same time and just solely live in a van for uh, saving money purposes. Mm -hmm. And it's affordable. Mm -hmm. And uh, luckily, I have a great support group of friends that let me park my van in their driveway, steal free power, shower in their yard. In their yard. I love it's not in their house. They're like, (laughs) you're going to need to use the hose. (laughs) I get invited into the house quite often. I think people are sick of their neighbors watching, but hey. (laughs) It's a lifestyle I've decided to live, despite its peculiar nature. But a lot of other people don't look at it just peculiar. I hope I inspire some 
who I'm... might feel a little trapped in the day to day and want to branch out and do something different or afraid to do so. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way myself a long time trying to get into the van style lifestyle, van hashtag van life. <laughs> <laughs> Because working and traveling is challenging. Katie knows that. You have done that Katie same sort of pack up everything. But well. I yeah. did not live in said van. Yeah, I, I lived know. in yeah. a, a quite like the biggest airstream they ever made. And even that felt, I felt like when I was leaving, it really was a huge transition. And you feel like you're such a minimalist. And then I met an amazing couple that had an 18 foot RV. And I went into their house and I'm like, oh my God. God, I'm living large. And then I check out your van and I was like, wow. What's the footage on the van? I believe from driver's seat to the tailgate, I have about 13 feet. Dang. Um, From the front of the driver's seat to the tailgate, I have about 13 feet. But then huge pros on van life. I mean, you can park anywhere and get away with it. You don't have to pay for an RV spot. You, mm-hmm. I can take tent camping spots and just use the picnic table there and just sleep in my van and oh, easy man. peasy. Yeah. It's funny how much of this has become like such a, even though, I mean, I did that lifestyle-ish for two years, I still just have so much envy talking to you about it. It's like, oh man, you're living the dream. Like You've done it though. No. I'm living, I'm copying you. What are you talking about? Isn't that funny? Our perspective on that, like mm-hmm. that we can't just appreciate like. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, I've done it. Now you're like, it's, I don't know. It's just funny how. Like, I haven't humans, done it like you. Yeah, I haven't done it like you have. How do we do it like you, Danny? Uh, buy an older and smaller vehicle and say, <laughs> I'm going to live in this. Yeah. Uh, or just find the first one that's affordable and available to you and just say, hey, um, options are limited and I got to get moving on this. So, because time is a factor mm-hmm. and sometimes you just have to let that play the play button get pushed and just Mm -hmm. let the pieces fall as they may be resourceful in the process resourcefulness is key Mm -hmm. Uh, because in this sort of thing lifestyle and trying to live in such a small space with as little as can you can it's not always going to work out the way you think it's going to or you want it to but you just work with what you have and you Mm -hmm. keep moving forward and you really gain perspective on how much on how little you actually need for sure and how much we just take for granted of being around us on the day-to-day because i tell you i try to reach for stuff that i don't own anymore all of the time <laughs> and i You're have like to... where is that like old phantom nope, that's item. gone i used to have three can openers and now i can't find the old the one i have that kind of thing too so tell us about one of the most challenging aspects of your your van conversion process. I couldn't tell you one single challenge. Just I'd like to just focus on the overall challenge of getting it from point A, what it was about mm-hmm. a year or two years ago, which was just an empty hollow shell that needed welding, electrical work carpentry work plumbing work you name it and mechanical work and i may be a jack of all trades and master of none of those but and an eagle scout no big deal <laughs> how to throw in the eagle scout thank you we should have, we should have put that in with your credentials but i couldn't have, your intro my favorite part of the whole challenge was that i couldn't have done it by myself and the fact that i 
a huge support group and community was available to me. Uh, even though they were there, I still had to learn to ask for help. And that oh. was a giant learning curve for me because asking for help is a challenging thing. I agree. So I true. And let's say that, that was my biggest challenge of this whole project was mm. learning to ask for help and not be afraid to ask our good friend Justin Bales, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Boots, for help welding oh, something. Man. Asking good old Justin Portier, Mr. JP, help building something. Mm-hmm. Or just asking anybody else available on the internet how to fix something on a 91 van that nobody has touched in 20 years that is so cool you really had to use the village now use the village and i had to ask for help and i realized once i'm asking for help people are willing to help out because Mm -hmm. when you're asking for help and the right people are around you and you surround yourself by the right people they're gonna help you ask and you shall receive ask and you shall receive thank you yeah i like that a lot and i think that it kind of goes back to something we've talked about a lot monica is finding our resources and Mm -hmm. i think when we on the surface it can seem like we're resourceless but once we start kind of looking through what all our resources and in life and especially that community it's like there are resources all around us all we have to do is seek them out and Mm -hmm. ask they are the bridge that keeps you out of the pit of despair ah yes is this this a is this a princess bride no (laughs) (laughs) does sound like a quote from princess yes no this is my own little segue into (laughs) a thing into a little uh little diagram i found on the intraweb one day that was a good inspiration to uh overcoming the challenge of taking on the project of vanaconda yes um the emotional journey of creating anything great has definitely a curve and a play on your emotions oh yeah the pit of despair Um, is there i believe you said we're going to share the little diagram yes it'll be on our instagram it it, it's definitely kind of documents the the reality of taking on a big project which is Mm -hmm. a challenge that you're trying to you're trying to make it, make your idea happen. It starts with an idea, and of course, once you start looking into that and trying to make it happen, it gets very difficult very quick, mm-hmm. but that community is going to keep you out of the pit of despair, yeah. keep you going. And you start making realize, the list of everything you need, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to ask so-and-so, and oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get this, and oh no, mm-hmm. what about when that happens, and then you're in the thick of it they bridge that gap for you and help you complete your project and create something beautiful and then mm-hmm. it's a good idea again and all in all you get to reflect on what you've learned and gained from mm-hmm. creating it and hopefully you've inspired others along the way and yeah. each little step kind of rebuilds that confidence and competence to do the next step like each little thing that you can check off is like well we were able to do that I can probably do this next thing, and even if it's going to be scary, I'm going to be able to do that because I did this. And each little thing kind of notches in the belt to let you achieve that final Mm -hmm. product or whatever. I'm very proud of the end result, too. So thank you for being so supportive along the way. Hell yeah. Our pleasure. I don't think there's any project that, well, I'm sure that some people out there (laughs) can get through, but... For so many big things, it does. You really do have like that huge emotional rush at the beginning when you're so excited and there's, and then mm-hmm. it really can crash down and it's kind of fun to be able to document that and see all the ways you've come and how strong you are now that it's done. That's just so cool. And now you get to reap the fruit of that labor 
the most important part I want to emphasize is just starting. Not yes. being afraid to start. A lot of people talk themselves into that pit of despair before they even begin a project. Um, pushing the play button is definitely a mm-hmm. big step in the process. I'm scared. I don't know how. How am I going to do it? Overcoming that Fuck fear. Fuck the fear. Fuck the Fuck fear. Fuck the fear. Excellent. Good to emphasize, fuck the fear, push play, get started on whatever you're facing. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be afraid of the pit of despair because there's always ropes and ladders in your community to get you out. Yeah, there's so much room to overthink it. And then, you know, sometimes like in Harry Potter, you just have to relax and it'll let you through. What are the... And, oh, the vines yeah. getting in the sorcerer, getting yeah. towards the sorcerer. And the more you stone. fight it, and the more you're like rattling through, then it just gets tighter and tighter, and you get more stuck and stuck, and it's just resistance. And then you just let go. And resistance is futile. Yeah, <laughs> that which we resist persists, and so let go. <laughs> I just added that last. Did you just come up with that. That yeah. was beautiful. Wow, yeah. that is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a writer. I really like. <laughs> I've been practicing since February. She's getting good at it. Yeah. It's kind of my thing, she says. Kind of my thing. Yeah. I dabble. You know, non judgment. Exactly. Don't think twice. It's all right. So, would you um, say that the Temple Sphere gave you some confidence and set you up for the Vanaconda project? I would say the Temple Sphere gave me confidence to do a number of things. Um,. That would have, yes, also have led to Vanaconda. That was that? the Temple Sphere was yeah. just another project that I've uh, taken on within the last few years. Uh, it was an art project I took on uh, for the Burning Community branches of the Burning Man Community mm-hmm. that do local, excuse me, local events throughout uh, the different areas. And this one was called Freezer Burn in Texas, and can't remember exactly how it came up i was chit-chatting with some folks who were involved with that community and i had told them about an idea for something i had one day and they were like, hey you should build that okay you know how do i go about that and they kind of gave me a few pointers and my friend jay knew some people who knew some people or he just knew people um <laughs> Next thing I know, he's telling me he talked to this crew in charge, and they said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. He should send an application. Just do it. Just do it. So I threw together some crazy, terrible sketches that I felt so embarrassed to show anybody. So then I built a 3D model out of cardboard, which was looked just as goofy, and I had no idea how to explain my idea or represent what I was trying to do. But I sent in these sketches and photos and a general explanation of what I was trying to do. And next thing I know, they're giving me $600 to do this yeah. project and build this thing and bring it to their event and light it they on fire. In you. They believed in you. What was the thing? Um, so I like? named it Temple Sphere. It was inspired by the Groot Ball that was formed to protect all of Groot's friends and family at the end of the Guardian of the Galaxy movie. I love it. Um, if you yes. don't recall the reference, uh, Root, Groot is a tree-like organism who Groot. grew a branched sphere around all his friends that protected them during a, um, what was it, a spaceship crash or something? Groot, I think it was. Groot yeah. grew a globe? Groot grew a Groot ball, <laughs> I guess. 
But the Temple Sphere was definitely an interesting project, and I believe that's the project where I had discovered the emotional journey of creating anything great. Mm. The uh, uh, aforementioned curve that we, the, with the pit the, of despair. Yes, okay. the financial aspect that of money that was given to me complete this project was a additional burden because I'm spending somebody else's money and they expect me to show up with a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also nervous that I'm going to show up with my thing and they're going to say, uh, where'd our $600 go? What is this pile of sticks? Because <laughs> they're used to see these structures built out of, you know, timbers and lumber. and. Sure. What um, was yours built out of? Some plywood and two You're by like, fours, I actually but use cardboard. <laughs> I, I gathered a crap load of sticks once again so much help and from my support from my community of friends who actually went out into the woods with me chopping down little saplings and whatever branches and sticks uh we were hatcheting and cutting down things and piling up bundles bundles of sticks in the back of trucks and i showed up with to this event with a trailer full of brush and they had no idea what i was doing (laughs) But they loved it. Everybody just, nobody even came and talked to me while I built this entire thing. And I'm pretty confident because they had no idea how to ask what I was doing. And the next thing I know, they woke up the next morning because we had, Justin and I worked through the night building it, putting it together on site. And they wo- we woke up in the morning and people were just standing around it, looking at it, on at it, sitting inside of it. And it was just, everybody loved yeah, it. And it was the most miraculous feeling going around. It was humbling mm. going around everybody dragging me by the wrist. Being, hey, so-and-so wants to meet the person who built the Temple Sphere thing. And I'm like, really? Like, it was amazing. That is so that is great. Awesome. And then I found myself in the meeting where they wanted to go over oh, my yeah. burn plan. Which by what crickets? <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna light this thing on fire, and they really quickly had realized I had no idea what I was doing because they had men in fire suits and tanks of water with fire hose. I had no idea how serious they were about all this. Good thing they were so equipped. Yeah, they managed to burn it down. Yeah. It worked out pretty sure. good. Like, well, they're, they're, it's actually composed of wood, um, so my idea was we were going to light it on fire. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I told them how I built it... a smaller flame. When I told them about how I built it by putting bending a bunch of sticks and tying them off with twine so they're kind of under tension, oh, and then we were going to light it on fire, I oh. actually made a lot of firemen very nervous with what was about to happen. I can't imagine why. What could possibly go Everybody wrong? was picturing flying wo- they were just, wood just bouncing as the twine broke. They were just drowning in the pit of despair but while it, your idea was out there taking shape. Oh, yeah. No, I was sitting there so nervous and anxious, yet completely excited, because I just, there was plenty of firemen around. They seemed like they had the situation under control, so even if it went just boing, sure. flame yeah. fire it everywhere, been quickly. it would have been done, dealt with. Yeah. But Most it fires actually, make that cute noise, too. It's, uh, you know, boing. yeah. It actually, boing. when the twine and things, the tension released, it actually opened up in the coolest lotus flower-like. Oh, it bloomed. It bloomed for sure as it burned. It was actually wow. a spectacular sight. Wow. Um, Do you have that recorded? I personally didn't have a phone or camera on me much during that event. Uh, I I got a hands on some photos, mm-hmm. but I don't think I ever saw, got to watch, rewatch a video of that mm-hmm. event. I'm sure somebody out there 
Anybody freezer burn 2017 got a video of the Temple Sphere burning? That'd be great. We'd like Please to see share. it. Show us. Send it. Send it down. Scuba That's Dan so can. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah, he can. But yeah, so those were two projects that I've taken on the last few years that were rather challenging and creative in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, the van, although it's just a living space definitely has my flair of creativity going into how it's going to be built so those are two challenging creative projects i've taken on and thank you for letting me share this uh the experience because i definitely grew from these events and learned a lot from them and i think i've become a lot closer to my friends in the process that is so awesome and inspired them probably also Mm -hmm. i hope so uh i definitely know a few other friends out there with vans catch the fuck up (laughs) They slacking on their van projects. They don't have. Maybe they're just afraid to ask for help. Maybe they're afraid to ask for help. Maybe they're suffering in the pit and they need someone to pull them out. Mm -hmm. They need to have a rope thrown. Something. True. When they're ready, their van will be at home as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got to get your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Danny, where are your ducks? Do the ducks go in the van or do they waddle along behind or are they grouped? Are they rowed? Depending on which ducks you're ta- referring to, I've either sold them or left them at a friend's house. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I saw a funny thing that said, I don't have ducks in a row. I have squirrels at a rave. <laughs> my squirrels are raving. That sounds like my Or brain. locked in my storage unit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let us out. Anyways. Yeah, well, with that sort of mental image of squirrels locked in a um There's nothing storage. living locked in my storage okay. unit. No, I was just thinking it was such a fun image sort of for a minute, but it could segue into a story writing of creativity because now is the time to let go of those judgments. Maybe you do want to write a story, a weird story about a thing in a place that's unexpected, and that could come out with these prompts we're about to share in the next several moments let's get weird with it let's get weird with it let your mind flow jump into the thing you're fearing make it happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we're going to be using the writer's toolbox by jamie cat callen today this is our original prompt ideas that prompted us to do this fun podcast danny mystery box you we are so excited to have a writer write along with us you're our first writing participant on in live real time no joke no well, joke i won't let you down no pressure though them... no, <laughs> no pressure, pressure at all if you don't want to share it you don't have to I don't yeah. pressure yeah he's just like fuck the fear i don't even care no fear if y'all are participating out there go ahead and get your phone out get ready to press pause get your pen and your pad and set a timer for three minutes write for three minutes on this prompt a bat circling the sky and for our next prompt, an old Danielle Steele novel. <laughs> and for the final prompt, a sidewalk with a crack. Last three minutes. Oh, you just let me know when to read. I'll happy to share my crack of the sidewalk story. I want to hear your crack of the sidewalk story. Tell us. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I didn't know you recorded already. <laughs> let me read you a story. As the raging sun slowly makes its final pass across the sky and starts to hide behind the distant hills for the evening, the bats begin to appear circling out of the mouth of the cave. 
A massed tornado of chirping, flapping rats quickly forms as the colony begins to transcend from the cool depths of the cavern to the feed under the desert's star-filled sky. Beautiful. Wow. An old couple leans into each other as they as they enjoy the endless evening sky begin to twinkle with birding stars. They are reminded of the beautiful lives they have shared together and all the beautiful lives they have created as a team. As the last chirps of the straggling bats fade into the distance, Craig looks into Danielle's eyes and marvels at the reflection of the night sky. Oh, wow. After a long, heartfelt kiss, the two decide to retreat back to camp to enjoy the cool desert night cuddled up by the fire. On the walk back, Joe, who I think was earlier named Craig, <laughs> grabs Danielle, stopping her, stopping her in her tracks. Her heart begins to race as she anticipates another romantic gesture. He whispers in her ear, There's a rattlesnake in that crack in the sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Mistaking this for another one of his crude remarks, she sharply elbows him to the side and trots off unamused. Oh no. Then Craig is left alone as he looks down as the snake lunges and bites his ankle as she startles and steps over the crack. Danielle continues off to camp unaware. Oh no! (gasps) That damn crack in the sidewalk, man. Wow! Danielle Steele gone wrong. I'd say, Danielle, you really stole that story. Whoa. (laughs) Nobody calls me Daniel. (laughs) We talked about that earlier, sorry. I couldn't help it. I don't even think I. I was like, who's Daniel? Not that I'm opposed to the name, it just never happens. Yeah, that's Danny. That's my friend Danny. Yeah, I don't know Um, who that guy is. So that's my nine-minute story about Bat Circling Sky, Romantic Danielle story, Cracking the Sidewalk. I mean, that was a great story. Very, very detailed and descriptive. Thank you. I'm like embarrassed to go after you. I I know, me too. You gotta follow that. Seriously. Well, we're good for today, y'all. Wrap it up. Thanks. Thanks. Share the love. No. <laughs> Your okay. guest demands guess. stories. Okay. <clears throat> we shall deliver. Thank you. The squeaks were starting to get louder overhead. Even though it was pitch black in the cave, I was absolutely sure that the bats were circling. The sound of their flapping wings was oddly soothing, but I was starting to wonder did I just step in guano? The guide assured my group that it is odorless, colorless, and tasteless. Wait, what? He said that it was a ceremonial delicacy and that tribes of ancient times would use it as an aphrodisiac after wedding ceremonies. He started describing the ritual like he was writing a Danielle Steele novel. Guano, thank you very much, I thought to myself. (laughs) We continued through the cave tour, past stalagmites reaching taller than my head, and under stalactites that almost touched my head. We were nearing the end of the tour, and suddenly the natural cave floor turned to an official concrete sidewalk, leading us out of the cave. The sunlight was starting to appear up ahead on the path, illuminating our journey out of the cave's depths. I noticed there was a lovely little bloom peeking out towards the light. This little flower had found its way through the crack in the sidewalk and found a way to make it work, even through all this darkness. I was lost in my moment of introspection when a little brat went over and stomped the flower, saying something about stepping on the crack to heal his mom's back. Hmm... Here, I thought your crack story was going way more beautifully than mine did. I ruined it, too. I mean, not that you ruined it, but I took it south. 
cracks yeah. on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. What are we supposed to do about those? Yeah. You just got to carry on. Carry on. Is Beautifully that what you did? Written. Beautifully written. Thanks. I carried on. You brought me to the cave. I, I thought I was there. Wow. Guano, well, a... you weren't. <laughs> you wrote about bats in a cave, too? <laughs> I hate to tell you, but... Uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> I also wrote about bats. Katie, please share your story with us. I also wrote about bats. Your face. Crazy. The two of them stood there, admiring the sunset, pretending they didn't feel the magic that had happened in the last few hours. Carly had almost gotten the nerve to reach for Sam's hand when he jumped in excitement, pointing to a tiny black speck in the sky. Carly squinted to see what it was. As she observed its tiny, erratic movements, she realized it was a bat catching flies. The whole day had felt like an old Danielle Steele novel. Carly had never been on a blind date before, but she surely wasn't but she surely wasn't expecting the two of them would hit it off so fast. His excitement over the bat sent little tingles over her whole body. The romantic dinner cooked over the fire he had built, the sunset, the lake, his noticing her favorite mammal did it get any better than this? She'd always been a sucker for the nature guy. She got the nerve. She got up the nerve and grabbed Sam's hand as he- she turned to him. The sparks flew as he leaned in to hug her, then planted a soft kiss on her cheek. As his lips made contact, she closed her eyes and thought of Jamie. Why did he come to mind now of all times? She thought of their first date, how Jamie had tripped on that crack in the sidewalk, how his nose had bled and bled, how that tragic date became a tragic ending a few months before. No, Carly thought. Jamie can't ruin this moment, this date, this handsome man on this perfect lake. She leaned in, she inhaled, and she found herself in this perfect kiss. This, she thought, is the life. Oh, I started it out as a Daniel Steele novel, and then I got the prompt Daniel Steele novel. (laughs) Pretty great. So you just naturally progressed. I need to read a Daniel Steele novel. I mean, I didn't mean to. It just happened. Yeah, that was great. It just happens that way. Whatever. Bats, romance. They seem very hand-in-hand to me. Bats and romance, hand-in-hand. I have a question about your writing process, if I may. Please. How do you pick a name for random character in story you literally think this is probably so against actual writers who probably put a lot of thought into that like the way we name our children mm-hmm. i mean as if i'm not an actual writer i know i was gonna say novelists novelists writers, perhaps thank you. i think of the first name that doesn't like no that's kind of too similar to somebody i know mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm mm-hmm. going with that i have a hard time naming characters i don't think i do it very often i went with that. danielle i feel so uncreative <laughs> Well, I like that yours changed, like from Craig to Joe. It also makes me think was maybe he had multiple personality, like maybe he had two Ooh. characters, like Doctor Jekyll Hyde. Joe and Craig obviously have a romantic side and a possibly perverted side. He yes. did get elbowed in the gut quite sharply and left to dive quite sharply because mm. she didn't believe him. She just wasn't paying attention. She wasn't paying attention. She's yeah, like, "What she... being a weirdo?" Yeah, right. Craig Joe. Obviously, she doesn't know about old, old the Joe Craig. Old, old Joe Craig. The imminent danger of rattlesnakes in the desert in such areas. I mean, I'm worried she about... did not listen to the ranger guided tour. She should always listen to the rangers. She should probably go talk to an Eagle Scout. Yeah. That's what I would do in her situation. Mm-hmm. Joe Craig obviously wasn't an Eagle Scout. Obviously not. Eagle Scouts would have got bit by a rattlesnake no. in the first place. No. They would have scooped her up, carried her away around oh. the sidewalk. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. 
something yeah. very charming, Perfectly gentlemanly, charming. resourceful. Hey, Danny, thanks Deleted for joining things. us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was so much fun. Well, while you're out on your journey, wouldn't you just uh, tell your friends about us? Share us? Yes. So much connecting is about to happen. Yeah, yes. let's let's pool our resources. Good one. Yeah, we're going to do it. I will spread the word across the country. Right here, right now. Oh, yay. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. And ladies. <laughs>